Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast where I sit down with my ex-cop dad and we attempt to provide a bit of a palate cleanser between our bouts of true crime every week. I'm Paul, that's John, and as astute listeners will have picked up, at the beginning of last week's episode, at the beginning of, sorry, this week's episode, Tegan, my wife, we popped her in for a bit of a cameo at the start of the episode and she detailed something that happened. Now, Dad, I called you up on Father's Day. Hmm. and uh, wish you a happy Father's Day. And by the way, happy Father's Day retroactively to all of the fathers and father figures out there who are listening to Loose Units, of of whom I know there are many. Dad, just quickly, Dad, how is um how was your Father's Day overall? Well, to be to be fair, you called me very late in the day, and I was a bit sad. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And I, I just knew, because yeah. I can tell when Christine is sending furtive messages on her telephone. And I just had this feeling, because she, she picks up on how, how I was feeling a bit forlorn. I don't know if you can feel forlorn or look forlorn, uh, but I was a combination of those two things. And I was just sort of slightly dejected because, um, you know, I thought you would have called me at sort of seven in the morning. And I just... And then you called and I asked you, I said, point blank, I said, Paul, did, did your mother text you? And you said yes. Of which course, was, which was a frank admission. I didn't call her, but I didn't call you because she texted me. I she texted as we were about to call, as Tegan will attest to. I had basically had a really, I had a really hectic day. We went for a walk to Clara Heads, and my plan was to call you as I was walking back because it was quite a long walk from the Botanic Gardens back to the house. So I was uh, getting my, I was pulling my phone out to call you, and then I I saw that there'd been like three frantic texts from Mum going, "Hey, you should probably mm. call Dad." And I knew at that point I was kind of screwed because either I didn't call you, in which case I was ignoring you and being contrarian, or I called you like I was intending to, but you'd still insist that I had only done it because of the text. So I thought, you know what, I'll just call dad. And that was sweet. And I called you. Yeah, and I appreciate it. But Paul, Paul, there's another really weird aspect to this story. Uh uh, And that is that I, uh, and I I can't quite sort of figure out why I feel this way, but... It's almost a part of me, almost <laughs> a tiny part of me, just a very, very tiny part of me, almost, <laughs> I feel weird saying this, almost oh. wishes that you, that no one contacted me on Father's Day. Why? Why? Because then the next day I could say to everyone, oh, um, it was Father's Day yesterday. That's sick. Oh. Okay. That's not not. Well, hang on. So wait, you want you want to shame people for letting you down? No, not shame them. And it's only a tiny, maybe two percent, which is not even worth talking about. You want to be the subject of pity. You want people to apologise to you, not apologise. Make it up to you. It's not worthy of 
an apology doesn't rate really. See, you're doing it again. You're making it seem like you're not worth the effort. Well, as Christine said, every day is a Father's Day and Mother's Day. And just That's forget, not, uh, and it, not, not only mothers and fathers, but... I would argue it's very, very valid to want to feel you know, appreciated, and that's totally fine. It also was strange for me, listeners, because I don't mean to... I don't mean to talk myself up here, but because Dad and I do this podcast twice a week, and because we are having quality father-son time... You're right. uh, ...as our jobs, Mm. part of my... And because I've written books about my dad's heroism, it's... (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like the Father's Day box is well and truly checked, regardless of whether I sort of call or not. I promise you I was intending to call, but the reason we are talking about this today, listeners, is because, as Tegan pointed out, something very strange happened to Mm. Dad and Mum on Father's Day. Now, Mm. we're not going to tell you exactly where they live, because that would be a recipe for disaster. We're not going to say exactly where, but it has to be within close proximity for for the story to make sense. It makes sense in the context of Mum and Dad live in an apartment building, Mm. right? And uh, they live at the end of a corridor, and there's, you know, several apartments. You walk past several uh, doors to several other apartments on the way up to the stairs. And um, with, with the finest neighbours yeah. you can possibly ask for. So, but- as um, we, we're, gonna, we're not going to, um, we can't really bury the lead here because the fact is, Tegan has pointed out in the previous episode's preamble, but just for people who didn't get to listen to that episode or people who want a more detailed version of this, can you talk us through this in great detail from the very beginning? Okay, well, Paul, there's there's a story before this story. Oh, great. Okay, go on. Because we have another person (laughs) two doors away Uh who has been living in the apartment for 16 years. I'm going to describe him as... An interesting character. I won't elaborate, but Christine and I did not hear from him Mm -hmm. at all for a long time. And there was a weird smell coming from his apartment. My olfactory centre is pretty good. Okay? So... I must admit it must have looked weird from other people's perspective to see me on the floor sniffing at the mm-hmm. bottom of the door to get a sense because I know the smell of a dead body, uh, believe you me. Christian and I were both very concerned. You know, if you've lived in a place for a while, you get a sense of the inhabitants. You just know that at certain times the light's on, there might be a noise coming from a particular apartment. Yep. You hear footsteps above. Um, things just didn't seem right. So Christine and I went to stage two, as if there are multiple stages, and we contacted the landlord directly. And this is in regards to the uh, older... An elderly, gentleman. elderly gentleman. Because okay. we would... Oh, that's right. Jeez, I forgot to tell you. We actually heard the most demonic noises, almost sort of a like a, a throaty, gargly, screaming, sort of choking sound the night before. It oh. woke both Christine and myself up and we basically thought this was a terrible noise. It sounded like a you'd come across a werewolf 
in a jungle and you'd started to choke it out. Hang on, which was apartment was this coming from? From Can the old man's me? apartment. From the old we man's thought, apartment, okay. Yeah. Right. And it was it was blood curdling and oh. there was sort of a banging and I thought because I have a very fertile imagination, but but based on lots of life's experience, um, because as you and the listeners know, I've well, I guess collectively we've been to the dark side, and I imagined that he collapsed and was actually deceased, possibly deceased, mm-hmm. and was leaning against the door and had basically been gurgling for help. That's in my mind. Christine had perhaps a more nuanced and balanced perspective on the story, but she still concurred that we should get in touch. But what we did, we just went back to sleep. Is that the right thing to do? I don't know. Do you... That's, <laughs> that is where this story is taking us, Paul, because collectively, yeah. for all the listeners, in our minds... We can decide at what point, because that I guess that's the, the thrust or the crux of this today's podcast. What is, is the that- concern? What is the actual concern if you call and someone's fine? Well, is it that you don't want them to know that you can hear what they're up to every day? I, I think that people generally like to wait. I mean, clearly, if it had been... But the problem also was that we were listening through two doors. There's our door and there's the person's door. And then when you open the door to the corridor, then you can you can sort of become a bit confused as to which door it came from because you don't hear the yeah. noise again. Yeah. And you make an assumption that it came from a particular person's door based on what you know about them. So it might not even be the right door. And then you get the police around. It's a concern for welfare. The police have to make a call. They're probably not going to kick the door in. They might get a locksmith, but then the occupant of that particular dwelling will have to foot the bill. And a call at one in the morning for a locksmith is going to be in the hundreds of dollars. So it can all end sort of... So that's why... You know, mostly people tend to sort of pull back and just it's a wait and see thing. We got in touch with the landlord. He got in touch with the the elderly gentleman and the elderly gentleman said that he, he'd had a bit of a cough and he really appreciated that some of his neighbours were concerned. So that was nice. Oh, uh, okay. So so in that case, it was fine. It was You said it was neighbours, as in multiple people called in or...? No, but... Well, he didn't know which neighbour had call the landlord yeah, so he, okay. he okay. collectively thought that it's nice that there are neighbours that care anonymous and a, tip you can anonymous. give an anonymous tip if you're concerned right correct so then last week Christine and I heard this like a whirring sound mm-hmm. loud enough so that we couldn't sleep so you know noise at midday in a city yeah. Is not so noticeable, is it? But at two in the morning, mm-hmm. or three in the morning, yeah. when things are deathly quiet, you can hear things that you would not normally hear. So I reluctantly put my pants on. That's not to say that I sleep with no pants on, but I put, 
I'd sort of dressed in a relatively civil manner because I know that I'm going to go out, walk around the, the block, out onto the street. The last thing I want to sort of be seen doing is that I'm sort of, you know, lurking like a, like a criminal at two in the morning. So, but I don't wear shoes because I like to be fairly quiet. And I was trying to locate the source. And the first place that I went to was a, there's a laundry downstairs with a, uh-huh. an electronic motor. And that yep. was off. And then I was completely flummoxed. I then went, went round the side and then I could hear a fan on. And it turned out to be from the bathroom of the guy next door. Now, this particular guy is fastidious immaculately attired on point he's he's he doesn't have a hair out of place he's 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 got a great routine um he's been here for several years and but the bathroom light was on and my mind goes to to pretty dark places so, in terms on. of what well, I thought, how how long was the bathroom light on? <clears throat> the bathroom light stayed on for the entire weekend, and which meant the fan was on, which meant effectively it was quite difficult for us to sleep. And I kept saying to Christine, "You know, do we knock on the door?" I, I'd sort of go out all hours of the day and night and I could put my ear up against his door and I could hear the fan in the bathroom it was going continuously then I started to think all sorts of because it's just so out of character for a start the guy generally sort of comes home at night time um, he works from home he's late 20s early 30s uh and it's just the whole thing was out of character. So then I started to think, well, maybe he's been having a shower and he's tripped, fallen, or even worse, maybe he's had an embolism. It does happen. And maybe he's passed away. And then I started to go into some fairly dark and nefarious um, sort of rabbit holes about because, because of based on what I've seen. I mean, you may recall, you and the listeners will recall that particular case I went to once where there was a guy in a bathtub. Remember that story? Yeah. And he'd, he'd, he'd look, you know, misadv- death by misadventure, let's just say. Dad, Dad got you- in touch and said, Dad's first concern, I'm going to be totally transparent, was uh, he said it could be autoerotic yeah. asphyxiation. That yeah. was your concern is that it yeah. could be that. And mm. I was like, that's... That's a strange place to lead to, given that all you've got to go on is your neighbor's bathroom fan has been on longer than normal. Oh, God. I don't want to sound like a complete crackpot. No, but- no, because this, this is what true crime does. It makes you sort of... Yeah. You know, it makes you think about the unspeakable possibilities. And so, how long was the bathroom fan on consecutively, uninterrupted, before you decided to uh, look into it properly? Well, we were knocking on the door. We We... Look, Christine's very sort of moderate in her... um, She's very measured and very calm. Uh She sees things, you know, differently to me. Um, She's more moderate in terms of her reaction to certain things. I mean, I've already sort of created this, you know, 
whole scenario. But it, it look, I guess it comes from a good place. I care. Um, yes, but how long? How long had the fan been on before you before you you called me, for example? Twenty four hours, longer, five than that. hours, like how longer. long? Maybe getting close to two days. Okay, so yes, so there we go. That that for me is the so basically in summary, your next door neighbor, uh, you know, you'll hear the fan go on, go off. You know, about as yeah. long as somebody is in the bathroom for half an hour here, half an hour there. But if it's been on for you know two days straight, yes, yep. that is a reasonable. That okay. Now now it makes sense that you're concerned. Hmm. And also, yep. uh, but then of course you're in your mind. Mm-hmm. Your your toing and froing. Uh, is it not more than likely? Christine said, and I agree that he just left for the weekend. It's Father's Day. He's gone to yep. see his dad, his family, yep. and he just left the left the bathroom light on, which in turn that's, leaves the fan mm-hmm. on. That's what you were, That's what you raised when. So basically, I I talked to you. I talked to the aggrieved father in question. Um, as we were walking through this beautiful park on this wonderful day in the afternoon. And you told me what was going on. Tegan recorded that message. I called back later because I talked to um, Kevin, my father-in-law, and he said, why don't they just do a knock and run? And, and if, if someone opens the door, they know he's okay. And I actually called you to say that, and you said, look, mum is telling me just to wait. She said, just to, just to wait and see what happens. And I said, look, if this is going to be some sort of full-blown adventure mystery that we're involved in, you've got to seize the... You gotta seize the day. You gotta, you know, go over there, put on a, put on a, um, like a housing inspector uniform and knock with a fake clipboard and do a, well, do a fletch. Mate, you <laughs> don't need to do a knock and run. You just knock. But so, listen to this. Christine yes. went outside the building. Uh huh. Here we go. Twice. Yep. And he had left his Venetian blinds well and truly in the open position. Yep. And Christine could see his bed. In fact, we could see everything in his apartment except <laughs> except the bathroom. Okay. And sweet... So, hang on. This is important. Christine yeah, yeah. comes back in and says... <laughs> this is so funny. She said to me, it's so sweet. God bless her dear soul. She said, he's in bed. He's clearly not well. That's Christine's take on the whole thing. And I thought, okay. And then she said, well, maybe, John, you should go out and have a look. So we're both acting like midday peeping Toms. Or detectives. Take your yeah, pick. And I'm looking and I'm sort of... And I can comfortably see his bed. Yeah. And he was he was not in bed. Hey, so was, you, wait, so you, you could see into the bedroom? Yes, but... Christine had mistaken his head for a bag. I hope he's not listening. Because <laughs> to have your head oh, described as uh, bag like Oh, bag head. Yeah, okay. So and right. I, I, I could clearly see that the bed was uh-huh. in fact made and he had left some sort of small backpack near the pillow. This is sort of forensically detailed, this description. He's how close did you get to, Dad, how close did you get to the window? Well, close enough to be able to... I mean, I did didn't you jump climb, Did you climb anything to get up? Did you... No, Paul. Well, I did exactly what Mum did, uh-huh. okay? And what any person... If the police had have come, they would have done exactly the same thing. 
Well, the in problem, a way they did. You, well, the problem is that we couldn't... The only place you can't see into, unless you jump the fence and really pressed up against the glass and maybe you could see inside the bathroom. Yeah. But I don't think you could see... You know, Imagine if you did that and you saw a pair of legs. It's difficult in these situations in terms of what you think you see yeah. and what you actually see. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Well, Mum came back to you and said, "I saw him. He's in bed." And you went and go, "No, that's a backpack, Christine." So right. clearly. Two people can see completely different things. So once you've established that he's not in the bedroom and the fan's been on for two days and you've talked to us kind of egging you on, what happens next? Well, you came up with an idea that I thought was uh, interesting and bizarre, Mm -hmm. but not crazy. But you suggested that we get some mirror. Now, (laughs) Paul, it'd have to be a dental mirror. Yeah, who does, um, I, I, you know. <laughs> I don't have access to dental mirrors, having, okay. not, having, of course, not being a qualified dentist. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, uh, although, although, although motor mechanics do use a tiny dentist mirror on a telescopic wand to see in the little nooks and crannies inside the deepest, darkest parts of an engine bay, which, uh, and I've seen them use them. But, mm-hmm. One of the problems with your suggestion, and, and I give you some credit for your suggestion, but he did have a flap at the bottom of the door, which you would then have to remove, which basically you'd have to pull it off and you'd destroy it. Okay. Which would be a little bit weird. So we just let things slide. And another thing about hearing weird noises is that you begin to almost imagine that you can hear the noise and then it becomes really difficult because Christine would walk into our bathroom and say, no, nah, it's stopped. I'd go in and go, mm, no, it's still going. I could even hear the noise when I was in the shower. Might uh-huh. I say, cold shower, twice a day. And really? Yeah. So, <laughs> Paul... Um, Wait, you have cold showers? Well, that reminds me of a, a, 
your sister Anne, sweet Anne, uh, she likes to, and she's sort of starting to say it a fair bit, uh, mm-hmm. and that is that how do you know that someone has cold showers? And the answer is, of course, they tell you. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, back, okay, we, we need to get back on topic. Uh, mm. You're in the shower, you can hear the fan, you Correct. claim. Yeah. Well, no, I don't claim. I could hear the shower. Sure. I have good hearing. Sure. And it became sort of... It, there was concern, but, you know, considering it was Father's Day, the weekend, people do go away, we, we, we decided. Now, we were going to get in touch with the landlord. Um, we've got his mobile number. But we just thought, we'll wait. And then on Sunday evening... Uh, lo and behold, the fan stopped. I went outside mm-hmm. and the bathroom light was off and clearly there was... I mean, I didn't want to make make it obvious, so I just furtively... Well, not furtively, I sort of just walked past making out that I was just strolling leisurely down the street, or in this case, up, up the hill. Unless you're at the top, then it's down the hill. And I sort of casually glanced and I could see that everything was okay and it's a it's a good story but of course the flip side and this happens all the time all over the world is this exact scenario plays out except that there are deceased people inside Uh, you know elderly people can fall they can't get to the phone there have been cases where people have actually died not of their injuries but of malnutrition. Sounds hard to believe. I can say that the elderly gentleman that lives on our floor, uh, to my knowledge, and it's based on five years, he has never had a visitor. Ever. Uh, and there are people in this world that have no friends, have no family, and I think that's why it's important for neighbours to to look out for each other. There will be uh, listeners, of course, that say, well, if perhaps that's not the best example, John, you've given of looking after because you waited two days, but then you, you, there are all sorts of things to, to factor in. Uh, you don't want to jump the gun. I guess people don't want to feel silly, ridiculed. They don't want to waste people's time. You they know. don't want to do a kind of boy the cry wolf, for lack of a better term. I mean, my concern is that I, I was urging you and I still, I don't regret this, but I was saying, look, just tell someone. Just go, I'm concerned about this guy. The fact is, if... We, opposite him is another guy yeah. around about his age, and they are kind of friendly, that or mm-hmm. they do socialise with each other. Yeah. And we knocked on his door probably five or six times over that weekend trying to get him to contact his friend, but he wasn't oh, home either. Okay, so you were you were trying to go through someone he knew rather than yes. just call. Yeah. Okay. Great. So great. You know. Yeah. Look, there are. The noise was pretty annoying. Uh, for a fleeting moment, uh-huh. I contemplated. Yeah. Turning his power off. How? Uh, well, at the know, fuse box. Yeah, just because they're all individual apartments, and, but then that's ridiculous because then you. would all his food would spoil. Food would go off. So, yeah. I, you know, but that, that, these are the sorts of things that go through one's mind. 
as lots of things go through people's minds and and most people don't put a lot of the things they think into 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 action yeah uh look i don't think this is a case of true crime having warped your brain or anything i think what's happened is you've made some reasonable inferences and then you've checked with Tegan and I, and we've sort of fed that part of your brain. We've fed that paranoia. Mum has cautioned uh, maybe a wait-and-see approach, which I was arguing at the time was a little bit conservative. I was saying, look, just fucking get into it. Have an adventure. But the fact is, it's obviously someone's life was potentially at stake. Adventure's the wrong word. This is the problem, Dad. We all think we're detectives. You and Mum, however, because you were in the police force, I would argue are more qualified than most to go off on these flights of fancy. And I'm... First of all, I'm really glad that the neighbour is okay. Hmm. I think that's important to point out. I, I wasn't... I, we weren't praying for someone to be in trouble. It's just sometimes when the day is plodding along and someone calls up and goes, hey, um... There's a pretty potentially strange and intense situation unfolding. Uh, what should we do? I'm often going to go do the weird thing. So I'm glad you didn't, uh, you know, pretend to be a safety inspector and get into a uniform with a fake moustache and sort of knock on the door. Although I would have respected that move. Mm. I but- think peering through the window was actually probably the appropriate level yes. of, of weirdness. You know, although although might I say, Paul, imagine um, let's let's look at the the story from a different perspective and imagine if Christine and I came home for example on a Sunday or Monday night yep. and there was the coroner's vehicle and the police and they were taking the guy out and he was deceased uh, of course retrospectively then one would feel uh, you know normally you'd say it would be normal to then feel that you perhaps had not taken the right course of action so the right course of action in this particular case was the right course of action. However, if you flip it and turn it into a worst-case scenario, then of course... And there are many, many cases where people wish they had have done something but didn't want to get involved. And it's a fine line. And at the end of the day, if you do contact the police, the police are going to have to make that, that judgment call they will gather the available facts and you know but if someone's going to as I said call in a locksmith and it's generally out of hours um, because it's an emergency you know someone has to foot that bill and you know it's 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 what happens if the police you know rock up and they um, they find out the person's fine and they've just you know had a locksmith open the person's door I mean yeah you know it's look there it's generally a wait and see but it's not always the best thing to do so let's just pose a possibility um let's say my concern at the time was that if he's fallen over in the bathroom and he's in a kind of critical position and time is a factor and you've gone I'll wait and see and then you find out later that if someone had gotten there in that period he could have been saved how would you have felt about your conservative approach well you'd feel terrible but look it's a it's a quandary and it's one for all the listeners to to ponder yeah and, and we'll all have different ideas we'll all come to different conclusions 
Um, but in life, the wait and see tends to, on the balance of probabilities, and statistically speaking, uh-huh. is the best way. Uh, you know, it's and it's a very subjective topic because we all feel differently about different things, and I guess a lot of it's to do with your your life experiences. Um, you know, if you've been in an occupation where you've continually been to these scenarios, but it's always been in the worst possible scenario, I well, for example, if you're a paramedic, you always and only get to go to the worst case scenario where the person mm-hmm. is actually because all those procedures leading up to the paramedics has already all those stages those boxes have been ticked so when the paramedics rock up to hopefully administer life-sustaining support from a paramedics perspective that's what they know that's at what point in the story they've arrived at so or everything that happened before they're not going to know about the 99 times out of 100 where the paramedics never got involved because people waited and the people came home so yeah Yeah. you know it's it's like going to war and i haven't been to war but if you've been continually shot at and then you come home and you hear a car backfire i think you're going to shit yourself yeah absolutely you're, you're hardwired yeah, um, you've got to be tricky because there are certain types of people who all they do is call into the police and make complaints about things. And it's... Uh, Vexatious complaint that they're called. Yeah, and those people, they they might make a valid complaint every once in a while, but it's going to get lost in the True. mix. So you've got to sort of... I think people feel like they don't want to diminish the impact in case something really obviously bad happens. Uh, it was interesting living across from Pran Station and the day we got here, the day we moved in, a dead body was brought out of the building. And then I started to notice really, really intense, sketchy stuff happening across at the station. I mean, audibly horrifying stuff with really pe- people in danger or people who sounded like they're in danger. And I called the police and was just, you know, my usual self, talkative, friendly, sounded very concerned. And they were going, where is it? Oh, yeah, Paran Station. Yeah, okay, we'll see if we can send someone along. I think the tacit understanding was, look, I'm sure this sounds terrible, but to be honest, in that specific location... This stuff is going to happen a lot, and it happens so much that we cannot possibly respond to every single instance uh, or, or, you know, concern. Mm. I think it would have to be basically there is a dead body on the tracks for them to come over straight away. Mm. And, you know, that's why they have uh, police coming by the area uh, regularly. Mm. So I think, yeah, it's... It's a real tricky quandary. Listeners, have you ever been in a situation like mum and dad were the other day where you've thought that something is going on in the next apartment or just over the fence with your neighbours or wherever or, you know, someone's not picking up the phone and you've gone, do I call someone or not? I'd love to hear your stories. If you can head across to our Facebook group, uh, the Loose Units discussion page and let us know, that'd be great. Also... Uh, in the lead up to Christmas, now is a really great time to grab your copy of Electric Blue, our second book. Uh, it's available on Booktopia, but I've also got a bunch of people who've been listening to it on Audible because the audiobook does feature Dad, so make sure you have a listen to that if you can. Uh, but in the meantime, have a great weekend, everybody. We are going to be taking a couple of days off, you know, to kind of do the usual weekend thing, but we're going to be back first thing next week with a really exciting case for you. So stay tuned for more Loose Units. In the meantime, have a great weekend. And we will see you soon. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, 
rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.